0: God knows how many people are going to be here tonight, and it's totally good. So, Father, we just bow before you. We're just so thankful for who you are, Lord. It is beyond our comprehension and why you chose us, Lord. We're so thankful that you have made yourself real to us. God, it's our heart to relate the authentic God that you are to our children. We don't want, Lord, any walls. We don't want any hesitation or reservations in their hearts concerning you, Lord. But only you can reveal yourself to them. God, we just open up our hearts and our minds to you. We want to behold you. We want to reflect you. And we want to reflect you to our children with our values, with our decisions, with the way we live our life, with the way that we love you and love others. God, would you please help us? Eternity is at stake. Pray, Lord, for your wisdom and your understanding. That we may walk in a way that is pleasing to you, Father. That our children and our grandchildren will walk in a way that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to focus more on media tonight. Oh, come on.
1: She's here? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> amen. Let's give it up
0: for Nate. <laughs> We're going to focus a little bit on media. Um, I just want to encourage you guys put before your children what is beautiful, what is good, what is true, and they will be wise. Help them when they're young to enjoy what is good. What are some things in our lives that are good? You know, like family devotions. And we encourage you too, like with family devotions, Barry was very adamant that it was not going to be a forced. Like, we weren't going to force Jesus down their throats. We're not going to, like, okay, you're getting a spanking because now you're not sitting still during family devotions and, like, and it'd be a struggle. Family devotions shouldn't be a struggle. Um, And it was just real important that Jesus always be upheld in such a way that he's beautiful, he's worthy, and we're not going to make less of him by making it something we're gonna to regiment to you. No, he should be so beautiful that you want him. So we want, to taste, we want our children to taste and see goodness, what is really beautiful, what is really good. And that, that can be, I mean the whole spectrum of like what is good can cover so many different areas but definitely carries over into entertainment. Um, teaching them to control themselves so that they are not enslaved to their flesh as children And as adults, and that's something that we always kept in mind, too. Like, there is, like, we all have flesh, right? There's so much flesh. But how much do we really bless our children when they are young? We teach them self-control in every area of their lives. Whether it's, you know, we're going to have two cookies after dinner, or do we sit down and here's the plate of cookies and eat till you're sick? Like, you know, we can just say, oh. Two is good. Teach them balance. Teach them self-control. Um, with the media, and we found with video games and all that, became really popular when our kids were teenagers. Um, and even younger, probably, I don't know, maybe our oldest was about 14 when um, videos really became video games really became popular. Um, but it was like, okay, so do you say, no, you're never going to play a video game? And just like with sweets, do you say you're never gonna eat anything sweet, you know, because then y- usually the children that we saw that their parents made that kind of rule whenever they went to a party, boy, they did not have, they didn't know any self-control. They never had it, so then they go crazy. And the same thing can, we knew the same um, thing to be true with families regarding um, entertainment and specifically with video games in mean, a family, like no one is allowed, you know, we're not doing that. But this little boy would stand over at his neighbor's house outside the window and watch for hours. Um, And that might have been, there's a specific, you know, I don't know, there was a real strong um, bend in that child for that. But at the same time, so what's, everybody has to wrestle with that and figure out, God, what are you really saying for our family? What is going to honor you in this situation? Um, with video games um, a lot of video games are the, the level you know you get to the next level and from what I've read and from what I've heard just on talk shows on the radio different Christian programs um, there's, a, there's just a great level of addiction I think everybody probably realizes that now with the video games um, and and um, when they go up to the next level. it just really running that adrenaline. They're getting those adrenaline hits. And um, they said, you know, don't make video games a reward. Like, if you get your homework done, then you can play video games because you're feeding the addiction when you do that. Just figure out what do you want, how much is going to be allowed. For us, it was a half-hour child um, a week, which our kids were like, they would, like, Mom, Dad this is awful, everybody plays more video games than we do. I'm like, great, but you know what? Look at, look at the, what's the goal and then go backwards. What is the goal for your child? What kind, of a, what kind of a dad do you want them to be? What kind of a mom do you want them to be? Do you want that? Do you want the parent of your grandchildren to be always on video games? Because whatever you allow and whatever you feed, it's just gonna grow. Um, if you, if you let that appetite be some, um, continually fed, that's gonna be something that's gonna grow. Without okay, we don't want our children to grow up and be those parents that are always on the computer and can't take care of their family because, or can't go to work or stay up all night because they're on the computer. So it was a little bit strict in one regard, but then they we had seven. So then usually what would happen is they would watch the others play. So it was actually more than a half hour, but still, um, And I think one thing that really caught my attention when all of this was going on and videos became more popular, I really don't know, maybe like 15 years ago, I heard a testimony of a lawyer, and he was not married, and he was on Dr. Dobson, and he was saying that I'm addicted to video games, and I do not have a life. He said the only way I made it through law school was because... I'm super smart, like I am very gifted academically. If it was not for that, I could not have made it through law school because every free moment, I'm on the video games. He said, I just was invited to um, Paris um, because of, I don't know, just a, a prestigious thing with a small group of lawyers. They were invited to Paris. He said, so every day after we have our conference, Everyone's going out and they're touring Europe and they're touring the Eiffel Tower and they're experiencing France. He said, but I can't because I am in my hotel room playing video games. And he said, I wish to God that my my parents did not let this happen to me. I wish that they had been strong enough to stand up against this and to break this addiction in my life because it has ruined my life. And he's struggling now as an adult. It's just so sad. Um, So I read a book last year called None Like Him. And I just wanted to read a little bit of a few things I had jotted down in my journal about it. It says, thoughtless consumption can lead to health problems. We don't... I don't know, it's like, oh, wow, really? Health problems? Thoughtless consumption can lead to health problems. True for food and for information. There's a difference between healthy learning and information gluttony. One is about being fully human, and the other is about craving limitlessness. Limitlessness. Psychologists have coined a term to describe what happens when we ignore good boundaries for what we feed our brains, and it's called information overload. Studies show that information overload causes irritability, anger, lethargy, and sleeplessness. Who wants that for their child? Research also shows that when we experience awe, and wonder, like walking through the redwood forest or looking at a rainbow or going outside and taking a walk and looking at the bugs or whatever you know you happen to find. When we do that, so this is the opposite of the staring at technology, getting our kids outside, letting them see the beauty of the earth that God made. They become less individualistic Less self-focused, less materialistic, and more connected to those around them. In marveling at something greater than ourselves, we become more able to reach out to others. At first, this seems counterintuitive, but on closer examination, it begins to sound a lot like the great commandment. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then... Love your neighbor as yourself. Awe helps us worry less about self-worth by turning our eyes first towards God and then towards others. It also helps establish our self-worth in the best possible way. We understand both our insignificance with creation. You stand against the Grand Canyon, you feel pretty insignificant. We understand both our insignificance within creation and our significance to our creator because he made this awesome world. And yet, we know hey, what he did for us last week. he go, hey, okay, God, you were thinking about me. You're amazing. You made all of this. You, by the breath of your mouth, you, you made every starry host, and yet, you think about me. That's incredible. Just, but, so, and so, so I'm still quoting the um, book, None Like Him, and she was saying how she and her husband had gone to the Redwood Forest, and they were just like, oh, you know, ooh, and I'm just staring at these 800 old Redwoods, and there was a, like, a little eight-year-old child who couldn't stop staring at the iPad, just playing a game. They were in the Redwood Forest, I would love to go there. Wouldn't that be amazing? I and mean, it needs to be so captivating and, and so thrilling, but they were bound. Technology is, is bondage. If our children are, you know, if that's what is, um, the, what they're preoccupied with when they get up in the morning, when am I gonna be able to play? When they get from school, when am I gonna be able to play? Um, and then if it's, you know, hours a day, It's definitely something to pray about and be concerned about. Do you want to say anything?
2: So I think um, when it comes to technology, we want to help our kids understand this is, we don't want this to be the default of our life and this be an obsession in our lives where that's all we think about. Um, uh, That's what we think about that we're going to do as soon as we have free time. Um, it's a it's a hook, just like any fleshly hook can be. And um, it's a huge, you know, like we all know this. I mean, we, we live in this overloaded uh, media information age, mm-hmm. but we're, we're trying to help our children be raised in such a way that God can have His way with them, and mm-hmm. they're not bound to things that mm-hmm. control their lives. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can pull the, well, there's nothing wrong with it card if you want to, but... You know, what Paul would say to that is all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. So, you know, I would ask, you know, my kids with media, how is this affecting your spiritual life, your relationship with Jesus? Is Do you feel like it's helping you to get closer or is it drawing you away from Him? And so, I mean, that's a huge question for all of us to ask as far as the occupations and the way that we spend our time um, and, and how, to me, that's how we measure. Uh, Something in its ultimate value is, is is it enhancing our relationship with the Mm -hmm. Lord, or is it detracting from it? Is it a distraction and an obsession?
0: Mm -hmm. Good. Um, February, I mean, April 28th, 2018, I listened to a Family Talk radio program with Dr. Dobson, and he had on there a couple doctors, um, Dr. Tim Clinton and Dr. Gregory Jantz. And they were given some statistics that I wrote down I thought were alarming. Um, 12 to 18 year olds text nearly two hours a day. That's just from, this is from their research. 11 to 18 year olds spend 11 hours a day on some type of technology. That is crazy. I talked to a public school teacher that taught English in high school and this was a few years ago, but she said, you would not believe how many children are asleep in my class every day because they've been up all night on the video games. Um, 11, so 12 to 18 year olds text nearly two hours a day. 11 to 18 year olds spend 11 hours a day on some type of technology. And so this is what's so alarming about that. I mean, of course, huge waste of time, right? But we develop low impulse control because we're having everything instantly. It makes us act on impulse, and we feel entitled. I should have it right now. This is the opposite of what the Bible teaches us, being slow to think, think, or slow, not slow to think, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And it tells us, ponder the path of your feet, Think about where you're going. Think about where technology might be leading our families. Ponder the path of our feet. Not just act on impulse, but that's what they learn when it's, when it's the phones, you know? I mean, th- th- don't we all do that? Our phone rings or buzzes or something and we, we don't even stop to think about I'm guilty of the same thing. Like, oh, take care of it. Like, no, we don't have to be controlled by them. Um, Our brains become addicted and depressed. Okay, this is still part of their research from this Family Life Radio. Our brains become addicted and depressed. Technology attributes to depression. Um, I was listening to a lady who, um, she's a nutritionist in Australia, and she was just saying that, and this was about, I listened to it recently, but she did the talk a year ago, and she said Australia just came out with, I don't know that it was a law, but just that they do not want any of the children in Australia before the age of two looking at any kind of technology. They said because their brains, the, the bones, are not hard yet, right? We know that, but I never, oh my gosh, I never thought about that before. So the radiation from that device is going into their brain. They don't have the protection yet before they're two years old. Something to, for us to think about. Technology can create partial attention, overwhelming stimulation, and can encourage young people to disengage with those around them. And it causes them to want to escape. They just want to escape. They just want to go to their game. They just want to go, or it could be a movie. It doesn't have to be gaming. We're talking about technology. It could be movies, um, TV. Um, But yeah, just makes them want to escape emotionally and mentally, and um, when our kids were little, I'm going to go back to like with the media and the TV, um, I've told this to Morgan before, but I can't really remember how old they were, maybe Jace was four and Shayna was two, and I was in a I would put Sesame Street on for them. And they would watch Sesame Street every morning and usually every afternoon, too. So that's two hours. And then a lot of times I'd let them watch like Mr. Rogers or Reading Rainbow or something. That was another half hour show. So you think about it like pretty much Monday through Friday, that's two and a half hours every day. And, but in the morning, what I would do is I would have my quiet time. And I just thought that was awesome. I thought God was just really he probably liked it too and I would sit down on one of the kids bed and open up my Bible and start to pray and I did that a few times and the Lord spoke to me and he said I don't want them watching that so they're watching Sesame Street I'm having quiet time I'm like Lord you see what I'm doing right now? Like, I'm having quiet time. They are occupied, so now I can spend time with you. Like, this is great. He's like, no, I don't want them watching that. I'm like, Lord, I'm seriously, I'm reading my Bible, Lord. I mean, I can't believe you're telling me this. Like, Sesame Street, what's wrong with Sesame Street? And he's like, no, I don't want them watching that. He said, and this is, this is kind of what you're doing. You're telling them, you're raising them to love the Lord, so you're telling them you can't love the world and love the Lord, right? You can't do both. So he said, but you've taken a huge billboard, let's say that's the world, you've completely covered it over, so they cannot see it because you're telling them, do not love this. He said, but you've cut out a little hole um, in what you've covered up this billboard with, and you said, but... You can look through here. This is okay. And he said, if you continue to let them watch this, they will not grow up to be who I want them to be. Case closed. Sesame Street got turned off and never went back on again. And it was interesting. uh, After that, we found out, uh, and I looked this up, and it's, like, interesting because it's, like, you can find article after article after article about attention deficit disorder and you know, programs that um, Sesame Street has probably changed since then. But when my kids were watching it um, 26 years ago, it was very, very high pace. It was a few seconds of this, and then it was something else, and then there's something else coming on, and then and now it's a new image, and it's the alphabet, and then they're going to a story, and it was constantly changing but it's not good for their attention. Slower stories are much better um, for their attention. Um, Let's see. Yeah, there's a strong link between screen viewing, this is what I found, and ADD. For every extra hour of viewing, there is a 10% chance of increase of attention deficit disorder for every extra hour they're watching. So what, so after that, after the, the Lord really dealt with me, like, just turn the TV off. Um, I just, I felt peace in my heart. Like, I talked to Barry about it. We both prayed about it. And, like, okay, an hour and a half a week, that's reasonable. That's not, that's, you know, maybe we watch an animal show. Maybe we pick out a movie together. But we're going to be very purposeful about, you know, what that is. But we really limited it. And The kids, what I found um, with them was that they read more and not only did they read more, they learned to love reading. They were more creative. They were more athletic because they went outside. They weren't sitting in in, in front of the TV. They were happier. They were more content. They were more attentive when they were doing a chore. They just thrived. They loved life and they loved God and they loved others. And I do believe um, that's part of what the Lord had in mind. He wants our children to thrive. And also on this um, family talk with Dr. Dobson, these two doctors said, the number one thing that makes children happy is good connection with mom and dad. And they said eating eating dinner together as a family with no phones matters. The more you have dinner with your teens, the healthier they will turn out to be. Isn't that interesting? Because you're telling them, you matter to me. Um, And then with movies, uh, (laughs) we had a crazy thing happen to us one time. We went to see Indiana Jones. And I'm telling you what, it was really creepy. I mean, that wasn't like a super bad movie. Most of us have probably seen Indiana Jones, right?
2: We went with our church.
0: Huh. Yeah, we were, there were other people from our church. I'm telling you what, every movie that other believers said, oh, you guys should really go see this movie, this is really good, or even like to see it with the kids, bad decision. Every time, I'm like, oh, I get so mad at myself for... Like because then I would hear it, and I'd go, "Oh, Barry, this is really good. so-and so recommended this, and like we really have a lot of respect for them, so this should be good. No. Anyway, we went to see Indiana Jones yeah, with some people in our church, and um, not this one. <laughs> um, but um, when we went home afterwards, it was a Saturday afternoon, and we were going to take a nap, and we both lay down. I had I felt so much fear after seeing the movie. I just felt like it was—it jumped on me in the theater and came home with us. I'm Just—you might think I'm crazy, but very late, we would lay down, take a nap, and I saw this little hairy thing walking at the end of the bed. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" I said, "Barry, I think there's a spirit in this room." I, th- I think there's a demon, a spirit of fear, like, in the room. I just saw it walk past the, past the bed, and as soon as I told him that, like, the hair on his head just stood up. He could feel it. He rebuked it, and we repented. <laughs> like, Lord, we're sorry. Like, we're just going to movies people recommend, and you're not telling us to go. This isn't good with you, and we are opening up ourselves to things that you don't want us opened up to. And if you think about it, like, think about so many of the movies. They're so, they have so much garbage in them. I mean, would you allow someone to come into your home and hurt your kid in any way? None of us would do that. But what about what comes in that they're viewing that's hurting them spiritually or that's hurting them emotionally or that is... Or that is putting up as attractive something that God says is wrong. And he says that he hates it. We, have, we just want to encourage you guys to think about that. We wouldn't let anybody come in the door and do anything to our kids. And so let's think about keeping the spiritual door closed too, like as far as with media and what comes in in that regard.
1: 30 minutes a week, mm-hmm. each kid. How did you, because the way you're talking about media, is it that you cut, like you didn't watch any movies, any shows after that at all? Or what was kind of, like, how did you gauge?
0: Just well, when they good? were little, um, we th- it would be the half Not hour. Terrible. It would be the half hour, and we would watch usually an hour and a half. Either, like, one movie a week, or if it was, like, an hour movie, okay, then think. maybe, Yeah and then maybe they would watch a little something else you know just it would depend on what it was so yeah it was the the video plus the the movie so
2: yeah we one of the things that we try to do is ask them you know to let us know if, if something bothered their conscience or whatever yeah. that we'd watch because so, we yeah. don't want to go on you don't want to run roughshod over your child's conscience even if it seems totally crazy and prudish to us as parents well that was nothing which and then we try to explain it and override their, their conscience and that's that's not healthy for them. So we try to be sensitive to that as well. And it, mm-hmm. it, it makes it so it, it, it definitely limits what mm-hmm. <laughs> what you watch. Mm-hmm. But which isn't a bad thing. You know, I, I always told our kids like, Well what have you if if you don't watch a movie, what of what have you really lost? Have you what have you lost that's of value? But if you watch things that Pollute your soul and put images in your head that you cannot get out. I mean, I still remember as a kid, you know, going to my cousins and watching Chiller Theater, you know, the horror kind of stuff. And and I had a spirit of fear in my life for years after that. Every time I go to sleep in my bed, I'm, I'm picturing that, you know, that stuff. There's always something in the closet, you know, or there's a trap door under the closet. And, the, you know, it's just that kind of crazy stuff. And it tormented me. I was tormented by I fear until I really came to the Lord um, just from my upbringing. So, well, you know, why would I want, since I struggled with the, those images, why, why do I want to subject my kids to things that are going to stick inside of their head and their soul that are going to actually be a stumbling block to them? I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of the way we waited.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: No, that isn't all that we watched. Um, but we tried to be definitely very selective as far as, um, you know, the content of immorality mm-hmm. that was portrayed, and just the way that things are portrayed, I, I have a problem with paying to entertain myself with things that God hates.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I just, uh, to me, that's a, that's a contradiction, you know, to to my walk with the Lord. I feel like, and I, I don't want to train my kids that that's okay either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, yeah, it's only entertainment, it's only movies, but, well, but why, mm-hmm. if we're not supposed to set any evil thing before our, our eyes? Yeah, mm-hmm. instead, you know, Ephesians 5 talks about being light, walking in the light, and rebuking the darkness, you know, let our lives. So I don't know how we do that, honestly, if we have a life that is where we're imbibing, drinking in. I, I always tell my kids, entertainment is, is like a container. And what it contains, you're drinking when you consume it. So whatever's inside of that movie, when you drink it, you're consuming it. Now, some people are like, well, I can just spit that out, that stuff and that stuff. I mean, maybe so. Your kids are much less able, I would say. And I just know, you know, I think we all know from experience that there's a dullness that can happen spiritually if you accumulate um, that kind of stuff in your soul. And it's unhealthy spiritually Mm -hmm. for us. And, and certainly for our kids. And, you know, again, I mean, part of the deal is, you know, the devil controls people by getting hooks in their flesh where he can just jerk that chain because it becomes their, our default. And um, my heart was, since I grew up that way, I don't want, why would I want my kids? I mean, I see the struggle of my own life of trying to renew my mind from all the garbage that I put into it when I was, you know, growing up. And I'm like, why would I want my kids to have to have that same kind of struggle of constantly trying to vomit things out, mm-hmm. get rid of images that they wish they had never seen? Like that's mm-hmm. To me, that's not loving mm-hmm. for them. I don't want that for them. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole issue of self-control is huge as well, you know, just mm-hmm. for them to learn how to deny their flesh um, and, and say no. You know, you have to say no to your flesh. That's part of mm-hmm. being a Christian. That's taking up your cross daily and following him. You, you have to say no. Um, mm-hmm. So... Yeah. You mentioned
0: like what would you. That maybe you, they would, you would know, one. Yeah. Like maybe, so Monday is Bella's turn. Bella chooses that day, and then that's it. Sure. And that might be. Because I feel like TV so shows can get long. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then it ends up being an hour and a half or 30. You know, yeah. you know it's like a movie or something like that. Right. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and it's just, and it is so important, too, because they're so impressionable. Um, and, and, you know, the, the people creating these movies and these shows for our kids, they know exactly what they're doing. They have an agenda. They slip in that little um, homosexual comment or couple or remark, they know what they're doing. The more they continue to put it out in the public, the more they, you know, they normalize it, and they're, you know, it's not like they're coming right out, and it's just right in your face, but it's just this little bit here and a little sliding through the, a little fox here and a little fox there, and before you know it, you know, they start to just accept it, and, um, a friend of mine, Jennifer Hooper, she had, um, written this down she did a class on media at her church and she wrote down you know why disney is not a friend to you and your kids she said disney xd channel just introduced its first male princess and in that show it states that what it's communicating is gender is a state of mind so that's on disney and they have very subtly begin to ho- introduce homosexual characters in Frozen and How to Train Your Dragon 2. And then in Beauty and the Beast, very end of the movie. You know, I've, we have the story, we read the story of Beauty and the Beast, and um, I loved it, honestly. I love that story. And it was so beautiful, and I could see some different, you know, spiritual crossover things that you know I took from it that it really ministered to me but then when I heard well at the end of the movie they got these two guys dancing together I was like I am not gonna go see that movie I don't care how much I like it I, I don't care how much I love that story I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go see that and then they have the they host the national, Gay um, Pride Day at Disney World, and if you call and ask them when that day is, so that you will not have to, you know, be there with your family on that day, they will not tell you when that day is. (laughs) You went there, and it was, oh wow. My dad took us on vacation. Oh
1: my gosh! Oh, Bob Johnson. Oh my gosh.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I have had people tell me that they have called to try to find out when it is because they wanted to take their kids, and they told them, sorry, like, we don't, we can't give you that information. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. And then, you know, ch- stories are so powerful, and we're so captivated by stories, and our, our children are as well. And the viewer can very quickly, this was American Family um, association, journal, Uh, the viewer can very quickly come to identify psychologically with characters in a story and viewers begin to identify with the characters that that they are watching and begin to mimic their lifestyles. This happens so much with teenagers. We just have to be so careful. There was a, a Netflix series called 13 Reasons Why. Did you guys hear about that? So it's... Um, so on this on this series there's a there. well one thing was they had a school shooting and then they've also had suicides on there, they've had homosexuality on there, they've had rape on there, they've had drugs on there, it's terrible and it's, and I mean they can say it's for a mature audience but a lot of young teenagers watch this and the the um, And the the hits on the computer for How Do You Commit Suicide went up 19% after two weeks of that that show coming out. Like, that is so grievous. And then there was actually a little girl. um, I don't know how, I mean, she was a young teenager, and she ended up killing herself the way um, Hannah Baker did in the story, in the show on Netflix the same thing. She did the same thing. Like our kids, they're just so impressionable. We have to protect them. We have to protect them. And, you know, if we create an appetite for all of this junk, then when they get older, do we just say, well, now this is bad. And so now, well, they've already got the appetite for it. They've already been watching so much. Like, what do you mean I can't watch this? This is already part of my life. So I just encourage, you know, when your children are younger, to just very prayerfully seek the Lord about what he, what he wants. And Psalm, um, what is it? Psalm 101, verse 3. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. So many times we allow ourselves to watch things on media that, you know, like I said, if someone were to come in and try to harm you or, you know, even even... Physic- I mean, physically or spiritually or emotionally, any way, you'd say get out of here. But yeah, we can open up ourselves to that with the media and not even realize what we're doing, you know. And just and, and re- you know, we can. I remember Al- Randy Alcorn saying this, just like so many times with movie. You know, you start to see somebody undress. He's like, well, wouldn't you think it was weird? Like, if you physically, like, someone came into your room and you watched them undress, wouldn't you be like, no, I don't want it. And sorry, no, you need to go in privacy. Well, maybe we would watch that in a movie. Like, why is that okay in a movie if it's not okay? So, anyway, just some things to consider and pray about. Because the Lord is jealous over our children. He's jealous over them. And he wants them for himself. He doesn't want their creativity stifled. He doesn't want their awe stifled. He wants them to be in awe and wonder of who he is and be able to truly worship him. And... Um, yeah.
2: I remember several conversations of talking with parents that their children were troubled and having a lot of issues in their family, and they'll explain what happened. And the, the kind of the upshot of it is, that I just don't know what happened. How did this happen? And I'm thinking to myself, from what you've just told me, you've let these seeds be sown in your children for years and even decades, and now you're amazed that you're reaping a crop. I'm like, no, this is where Paul said, don't be deceived. Whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. And it happens in our lives as well. I mean, God's grace is powerful. um, But as parents, we are supposed to be the keepers of the seeds that are sown in our children, um, particularly when they're young. And then as they get older, we can talk about the things that are happening. Uh, as far as what what seeds are there, you know, I mean, we have these conversations a lot with different, you know, movies or whatever that are out there. I mean, there's a website that Focus on the Family has. I don't know if you've ever looked there, pluggedin.com, and they they review every movie basically, and they'll tell you everything about it. Uh, they'll tell you how many. F-words are in it, how many S-words are in it. I mean, they'll tell you everything about the movie and, and basically as they're reviewing it from a Christian standpoint of what, what's, what are the negative um, aspects or what are the positive aspects of it. So you can kind of weigh it, which is helpful. Um, anyway, they're seeds. Entertainment are seeds that we're sowing into our own souls and hearts and our children. So if we look at it that way, maybe it changes the way that we allow things to be sown.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess we can pray and then if anybody has any we can just end it if anybody has any questions then we can still answer questions I but a Yeah. You know the the average age of a video game user in the United States is 34 years old. Wow. So mm-hmm. it's just interesting, you
1: know, as you're we're, we're talking about how to raise
0: parents or right. how to raise kids. Right. Which are going to be the parents? Yeah. Right.
1: You know, and so you know, leaving this place it would force you. You know, I'm just a man. I mean, I I address this stuff online, mm. video game addiction, and I take the most heat for this particular subject. Wow. Texting, internet, Mm -hmm. work-related—you know that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, viewing this whole whole thing of like, "Yeah, Lord help us with our kids," Mm -hmm. but I know that the problem in this generation—it's really not necessarily kids. It's right—you know, the 30 and 40, 50-year-olds
2: addicted. It's being modeled for them, and so that's Mm -hmm. all that they know. I think Mm -hmm. that's. The the greatest way that the sins of the fathers are visited upon the children is from their own lifestyle being right. sown into them and replicated in their kids. And so, that's what we want to encourage believers uh, of young children: like the the sins of your youth don't don't replicate those. Don't allow those to be replicated in your children. Um, I just. For me, I have a passion about this kind of thing because you see the heartbreak that comes out of it and the difficulty and the struggles in life that happen in children. And in my view, so much of the time, those things could have been avoided by those children being taught and modeled self control. Um, You know, you have to, again, it comes down to sowing and reaping, it really does. Well, one of the things that um, I did a lot in the evenings when I would come home from work is that we would have a book that we were reading, I was reading to the kids. Whether it was Little House on the Prairie series or something that was on, you know, age-specific, but even the older ones would love it. I mean, I would read it and try to do, you know, the different voices and whatever. I mean, they 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 just loved it. It was a fun time together, and we were all together. And they would they would beg me, to go, Daddy, will you read tonight? Will you read out of this book? And um, you know, we we can give you some recommendations of some great books and series, whatever. Um, as they get you know a little bit older in their understanding that that was definitely one good way that that we uh, had great times together but you about devotions and specifically. okay you specifically ask about devotions um so we we kind of cheated in a way because we home church for 20 years so we had we had services in our home on Sunday morning um but in the evening we would um pray together very often we would sing you know worship songs together and yeah and um You know, pray with them and uh, make sure that we made those connections. One thing that I had an aversion to in my heart was forcing them to, okay, sit down, you're going to sit on your bed now and you're going to read the Bible for 30 minutes or whatever, that kind of thing. I didn't want it to be forced for them. I wanted them to to choose it. I didn't want them to feel coerced, but we tried to. get together, we, you know, we just sit together on the couch and put our arms around each other and just talk. Um, sometimes we would share a scripture that was pertinent to a situation that happened during the day. Um, we had a Bible book that Diane has given away as gifts that we would go through and read with the kids. The picture Bible when they were younger was awesome. You go through those stories and then it just brings up all kinds of questions, you know, depending on what age they are. So that was a good way and it wasn't above their head. Um, but it was something to where they were getting exposure. Um, but it wasn't, it didn't feel coercive or heavy handed. Um, we have friends who um, were, their parents or their dad specifically was pretty heavy handed with that kind of stuff. And they grew up to despise that. And I, I was just real sensitive in my heart that I didn't want that to happen with our kids.
0: It was really organic, like um, we would sing together at night, and we would pray, and during the day, when Barry is at work, I would read the Bible stories to the kids, and read the Bible book, I'm um, reading Grow Picture Bible, and we would have a lot of different stories with, you know, godly character, or, you know, a story that was, it was a Christian story, or whatever, but um, it was... But like it was very organic. It was like this is, this is our whole life. This isn't the half hour and then everything else is whatever we want it to be. I mean, um, I and I would have I would read the the Bible and I would do devotions with the kids because I was the one that was home with them. Like during the day, it wasn't always something that Barry did every night. Um, sometimes I had a little struggle because I wanted him to, and. You know, that was something I had to lay that down. Um, that wasn't, the, what I was viewing wasn't going to happen, and that was okay. Um, but it's, as you walk by the way, and it is like the, what's going to ha- make the biggest impact on our kids is our life. And, you know, it's our daily habits and what we're talking about, what we're viewing, and not so much... Having that, I mean, it's great if you can have that whole family devotional time, but that doesn't always work, and that's okay. You know, that's okay.
2: If you look for the opportunities, then they right you. You see that they come up, and you
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, you can. When when there were situations, particularly when the children are older, and there would be situations with their friends, or this or that happened, you know, we we'd have. Or we saw issues in their own character. We'd have Bible studies about that, mm-hmm. you know, about lying or about conscience or those kinds of things. And so um, those were impactful for them. But, um, again, she's talking about the organic nature of it. I, I, I don't know. I just had this thing in my heart about it not being forced to where uh, they felt like it was just heavy-handed. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way, for sure. Mm-hmm. So...
0: Well, um, I mean, I didn't read Leviticus with the kids. So, the, re- the Read and Grow Picture Bible is all of the Bible stories. That's what it is. It's every single story that's in the Bible is in that Reading Grow Picture Bible. And actually, nine years old, like that's, it's, that would still be age appropriate. Um, and, you know, I, I would sometimes ask some questions, but really, I don't know that I would ask as many now than I'm older than as I would then and just let them let them get what they get you know and pray and ask if they have any questions um, but I would try to read something that was going to be something that they would understand um, you know and there's so much in the New Testament um, but then again like the reading Grow picture Bible just going through all the Bible stories um, and then when I mean organic, just like, okay, so we got some mail. Oh, I'm reading the mail, and these missionaries need a bicycle. Let's pray for them. And let's, guys, do you want to, do you want to, do you want to buy a bicycle for a missionary? And what do you think about that? Let's pray about that and ask Jesus if he wants us to do that. Or someone stops by and asks for prayer. A friend might or, you know, it could that's what we mean, like organic. Just like when you love the Lord, right, he's spilling out. It's going to come out. No matter what you do, you're going to be talking about him. You're going you're to be praying. And, oh, well, let's remember to pray for the poor children because there are so many poor children who don't have any food to eat. And let's think about them when we're praying, and let's pray for them. And that's what I mean by organic, you know.
2: Yeah, and when things that come out of your own relationship with the Lord that are meaningful to you, those things impact your children. They can see that you're fired up about something or that God's really touched you, and you have stories from your own life and your own walk with the Lord. Th- those kinds of things are powerful, and they stick to your kids, they remember those things.
0: Exactly. Yes.
2: yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. You just you look for the opening and pray that the Lord will open the hearts. Mm. Mm-hmm. <coughs> <laughs>
1: other thing we've done is missions so you know compassion international a lot of these ones mm. like they each sponsor a child according to their age yeah. so bella sponsors a seven-year-old girl in africa israel sponsors a five-year-old boy they can write they can they pray for them so you just even some of those practical things that are you know a thousand different things but that's just yeah. organic but a lot of times when you get them in the rhythm yeah. they want the story yeah. Yeah. like literally they will not go to bed unless you tell
2: know their story so because that fills their little love tank and that dad will sit down and tell them a story before they go to bed and that yeah they're happy
3: Sensitize coming to church on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, we live a different life. And we got our kids involved in all these all these things.
0: Well, that, um, so what I had heard was if you, for for video games specifically, if you make that a reward, then that feeds the addiction of the video game. That yeah.
3: If you listen, i give you some candy. If you do this when you get home,
0: I'll give you Well, sure, you don't want to be manipulating. Right. Yeah. Um, as far as behavior goes, but... Yeah, a lot of parents will do that. Well, like, you can play your video game after you finish your homework. Um, that's pretty common. Yeah. But they were just saying, don't do that because it's going to increase the addiction that they have for it. So. Instead, you know, you figure out what time is going to be allotted, and then you just stick to that. So whatever that is. Do we believe in kids having phones? Not really. Barry barely, barely has a phone. Yeah.
2: Well, that's right. <laughs> I just got a smartphone a year ago, so. <laughs>